G'day, Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello, how are you going? We're good, thanks. What's your read of the budget, Paul? Uh, well, the very sobering figures, of course, uh, in relation to uh, debt. We're going to, you know, we're looking at $140 billion of extra debt. That, that, just to give you a sense of it, that works out about $80,000 per household of extra debt. So we're all sort of getting a second mortgage uh, over this over the next four years, which is uh, something we need to avoid. Uh, also, 150 to 60,000 people uh, unemployed. So, real, um, really sobering figures. And uh, what I was hoping to see was um, a uh, a real focus on on reducing the damage by getting us back to work as soon as we can, and secondly, a clear path out. And uh, what we've really got is just a big slush fund. Paul, are you saying then that National would not have borrowed? Uh, yes, of course, you'd have to have borrowed some. Uh, uh, the question is whether we're turning what uh, might have been, um, you know, a 50, 60, 70 billion dollar catastrophe into a 140 billion dollar catastrophe. And uh, so th- that's the real issue. How will they get out, us out of it then? Do you think, you know, in your view, a tax is going to go through the roof? Is that something you would have looked at? Uh, well, that's something we definitely want to avoid. I think higher taxes are not going to help uh, at all at the situation. Look, we've got to get back to work as quickly as possible. If you know, if you think of uh, things you can practically do, the international education export sector is huge. You know, employs fifty five thousand people. It did. Uh, we should be focused doing everything we possibly can to get those students back for the second half of the year, for example. Uh, and we're not seeing much progress on that. We've got to open up the economy as quickly as we can. But then, you know, we're spending all this money, but uh, we're not having any. When you look at what's really going to help grow jobs and uh, you know, sustainable jobs and um, drive growth, there's actually very little there. I mean, we'll give a tick to the extension of the wage subsidy uh, to those areas that are most affected. Uh, but we actually would have preferred getting cash in the hands of small businesses. Uh, there's not actually anything to help them with the rents and things like that that they've been struggling with, the ones that have closed down for two months. Uh, and, you know, we would have uh, reduced the tax uh, to businesses through uh, when they're investing in new assets. Because uh, not everybody's uh, fallen over and there are businesses that we want to invest to grow. Because that's where you get your jobs and growth from. It's from it's not from some government committee. It's from private businesses deciding, yep, we're going to take a chance. We're going to take a risk. Uh, we're going to invest in this or, or, or to hire a new person, start new businesses, uh, rebuild my business. All those are the decisions that you want to encourage. Paul, can I just pick you up on one thing you're saying there about you know yeah. rent relief? Because that is something we discussed this with Bruce Bernanke before from KPMG and Barry Soper. That's something yeah. that's really, really been discussed. Those fixed costs yeah. for tenants are crippling, yeah. uh, particularly yeah, at a time like this. Okay, so how would national government, what would you do by way of rent relief? How would you satisfy that? Well, well, our our method was uh, to um, allow businesses to claim back uh, the GST that they paid uh, the previous year up to a hundred thousand uh, dollars, and then borrow a bit more. So it's just actually getting cash directly into the hands of those businesses if if they'd suffered more than a fifty percent drop for two months. So it's more targeted, but more generous. Uh, what 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 we've See, the wage subsidy has been very helpful, but of course that's gone to employees. It hasn't helped the actual business cope with those other business costs. 
And that's why, you know, it's, it's better to save a job uh, than to go out and try and create a new one somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you, this, uh, you, you'd think this is not something that a national party would naturally want to do. But, you know, we've got to recognise that these businesses have been told in the national interest that they have to shut down for 50 days. And there are some of them that may be able to open today. But, you know, if, if the rules and regulations and uh, um, uh, that have been brought and make it uh, impossible to trade profitably, they've got a longer period that they've got to get through. So, you know, it's really, really difficult times. Mm. Indeed. Would you have considered helicopter payments? Uh, no, I don't think we're at the stage uh, for that. But, you know, who knows? I mean, they've given themselves this big, uh, you know, multi tens of billions of dollars uh, slush fund. Uh, we've got an election in four months. And, you know, frankly, I just don't think that's an appropriate way uh, to deal with a situation. You know, we should have some clarity about what they're planning to do with these vast sums of money uh, and some discipline around it. Uh, they talk about the focused on jobs. But like I say, when you actually look at the detail, there's not a hang of a lot actually saving jobs. Certainly, and on that, there's a bit of angst around the $900 million to Māori. I mean, people are a bit concerned about that because it doesn't seem to be particularly targeted. You know, where does that go? What are your thoughts around that? Well, look, I mean, there's a lot of very, very vague spending. Uh, they're just big, big numbers. You know, there's $400 million for this and you know, $1.2 billion, I think, for rail. Um, you know, they've just spent a whole lot of money on a on a line to Wairoa on the East Coast, and there's been three trains on it so far. Um, you know, very, very um, loose spending has been uh, the nature of things. And, you know, there's, you know, there's lots of talk of infrastructure, and, and we'd be talking about infrastructure. But the critical thing is that you've got to deliver it. Uh, and uh, you know, got to remember that this is the government that gave us Kiwi Build, um, that talked about light rail in Auckland and that nothing's happened there and they stopped all the roading projects. So uh, it's great to announce stuff, but you've actually got to deliver it. And that, yeah. that's the thing that will make the difference. I think one thing I was genuinely surprised about, uh, Paul, is, is kind of the lack of money given towards tourism and hospitality. Were you? Yeah, I thought they would have gone further. Um, uh, there's nothing, not specifically anything for hospitality that I can see. There, there's there's a, a 400 million for tourism. Uh, again, you know, contrast the 400 million for tourism, which is an industry that supports about 400,000 New Zealanders, uh, and over over a billion for rail. Uh, again, um, you know, which is just a, a you know a, an enthusiasm of New Zealand first. So very strange priorities on that front. And I think the tourism sector will be struggling. Small business generally, I think, is going to be disappointed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, small businesses. That is that the specific area that you think is maybe going to miss out the most from this particular budget. Oh yeah, well they're the ones who have struggled the most. I mean, you just got to you know they've been stopped from trading for nearly two months now, and um, and they'll suffer continued um, downturn over the next couple of months as, as businesses build up slowly. So it's a difficult time. And so I mean, all we you know, all you can ask for. I mean, everybody recognises this is a global challenge, but all you can ask for is a a real focus on getting back to work as quickly as possible, pragmatism around the rules, and uh, swiftness and responding and then secondly a clear growth plan out and uh, look there's elements of it but we would have liked to have seen a much clearer growth plan Paul just before we let you go because we know you've got another appointment to get to um, would this have been a time that you have, would have liked to have been the um, you know the Minister of Finance or not oh. because I mean it is it is whichever political allegiance you have a pretty extraordinary time 
yeah, a huge, hugely challenging time. And, and yeah, look, if, if, if we had the opportunity to uh, do our best to guide the country back to prosperity, where, where I have every confidence New Zealand will be in five and ten years, we'll be, we'll, we will get back, uh, I would certainly seize the chance. And finally, last question, do we realise how bad the debt is? When you say $140 billion worth of extra debt, do, do we realise how significant that is, do you think? I think New Zealanders will be waking up to that uh, over the next couple of weeks. Like I say, $80,000 per household. It's an enormous amount of debt, and we've got to do everything we can to try and reduce that. Very quickly, one last short question from me. Having said that, the level of debt is basically, even at the worst levels it'll get to, not a great deal different, in fact, quite a lot less than a lot of other countries around the first world. Yeah, well, we've got to recognise the fact that New Zealand has high private sector debt and we're a small, isolated economy. So we've always, uh, for a long time now, tried to keep our public debt uh, relatively low, recognising that we have relatively high private sector debt.